This is a Negotiate X podcast, show number two. Negotiation, it's not about some magic trick to, to get what you want. What it is about, though, it's about intentionality and discipline to make shifts in our thinking to be more effective, to achieve better outcomes, you know, to elevate our, our influence. You're listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online. I am your co-host, Nolan Martin. With me today is the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend, Aram Denisian. Aram, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nolan, and welcome back, everyone. It's great to be with you again. Yeah, so I'm excited again for today's conversation because our goal today is to basically cover the roles of assumptions in a negotiation. You know, in our last session, Aram, we talked about some of the work we do with our clients and, and coaching them around their most difficult negotiations. We shared the NegotiateX prep tool. If you didn't get that, go to negotiatex.com slash prep or negotiatex.com slash one to download your negotiation preparation tool. And we talked about how important that tool is in preparing and, and actually conducting a negotiation. So again, talking about the role of assumptions, in, in your experience, what gets in the way of a thorough preparation? That's a great question, Nolan. And my, my simple answer is our mindset. It affects not only preparation, but the entire negotiation process, preparation, conduct, assessment, and review. So why is mindset potentially problematic during negotiation preparation and, and really throughout the, the entire negotiation? Yeah, mindset is the collection of uh, attitudes, beliefs, values, assumptions that we carry with us, some that we're aware of, but many that we're not. And these things affect how we think about a negotiation, They, uh, what success is going to look like, what the process is going to be, what we, you know, what, what we should do, what they should do, you know, what the, the dance we should follow or the, you know, the methodology we're going to follow, the so-called rules of the game. And so mindset impacts quite a bit in, in negotiation. Okay. So then what can we do to basically prevent this? You know, what is the solution to, to these debilitating assumptions? Well, our mindset drives the actions that we take or, or might consider taking. And the actions that we take in a negotiation are what cause us to get the results and the outcomes that, that we achieve. And so if, if your mindset is based on what I call debilitating assumptions, uh, we're going to be limited. Maybe rightfully so, but oftentimes not not uh, not rightfully so. So debilitating assumptions are things such as assuming that our interests are opposed and there's no possible way for us both to achieve what we want to achieve. It's the idea that I should wait to see what they're going to do, what the other party is going to do first and then react. It's the idea that poor communication is their problem. And it's the idea, you know, another debilitating assumption would be I should behave just as badly as I believe they're behaving. 
and so on. And all these debilitating assumptions drive a mindset that limits our action and will definitely lead to suboptimal result. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, I guess it'd be considered a, a mindset trap. Is that kind of a fair way to classify that? Yeah, a traps a trap is a great way. I love talking about traps and shifts and what we need to do to become more effective. Great. Well, is there a story kind of to help paint this picture so that our listeners can kind of understand more of what, you know, this mindset trap looks like? Sure. Uh, yeah, there's 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 a story I like to share. I was observing a meeting. I was not running the meeting during a time when I was in Afghanistan. It was it was during my last deployment. Uh, it was probably spring of, of 2012. I'd been asked just to come in, observe, make comments afterward, and, and kind of give some feedback. And so that's what I was doing. It was between an Afghan border official and a U.S. officer, and the meeting was supposed to be around the idea of we needed. We were trying to work together to take collective action. Uh, at this border checkpoint around security, counting corruption, any number of different different things. And uh, the meeting, uh, this was you know a, one in a series of meetings uh, between the two partners. They hadn't gone real well. The Afghan official hadn't been highly engaged uh, in the meeting process. But during this meeting, the Afghan official came in and, and, and was quite open about some of the, sharing some of the challenges that he was facing at the border things you know all the receipts and and the uh papers that that had to, he had a process you know the added work that um of you know nato uh vehicles and equipment and, and and materials coming through that required exemptions and you know just the limited uh reading ability of, of some of his of his, some of his guards and so on and um this was really a real challenge for him and so at one point he just said you know one thing i think we could do is uh, eliminate the exemptions. And as soon as he said that, the U.S. officer responded with, no, we would never do it. And it essentially ended the conversation. And, and so that really was driven, as I, as I talked to the officer later, about the mindset that led to that action of saying, no, right, we would never do this. It was really a debilitating a, a assumption around what the other person was trying to get from him, and what the range of actions might be, seeing negotiation as a competition rather than as an opportunity for joint problem solving, you know, can kill any sense um, of progress that two sides might be trying to make. And that's certainly the case in this situation. It's pretty frustrating to hear that, you know, we both deployed and, and whenever you deploy, you are only, or you're extremely wishful that you could only have a counterpart that is so proactive to actually provide you with, with that level of feedback. So I really think he kind of crushed an opportunity there. So how could we have advised the U.S. officer? I mean, you spoke about it a little bit, but how could you advise him to help get at a different outcome? So Nolan, I, I get asked this all the time from students to clients, you know, and it's Aram, what do I need to do to get a better outcome next time? What's the trick? How do I get, get do something differently next time? And, and I always kind of chuckle because it's never that easy. It's always taking a step back and be like, well, tell me about what your mindset was as you were preparing or as you walked into this negotiation. And honestly, without changing that mindset, we can't open up the aperture on, on the full range of things that we might do with, you know, with this, with any customer, with any supplier, with, with anyone. Um, and so in this case, with the U.S. officer, 
had they simply seen this as an opportunity to to discuss things in a different way, to actually problem solve, to listen and learn about the challenges, to maybe being open to brainstorming and being willing to shift the process, that could have led to a much different discussion. I can imagine them saying, I don't know if we could do that. And I'd like to hear more about why that solution would be so beneficial to you. Or to say, well, that's one thing we might do. What are some other ways we might resolve this? Anything more than just a no and shutting it down and and and, and the kind of the resistance um, to the fear of, boy, am I going to commit to something I don't really want to commit to? You can protect yourself with that. But here was an opportunity to engage the other person in a negotiation, do something that hadn't happened before without giving or asking for any sort of commitments. Everybody could have acknowledged that was probably premature at this point, but in really engage in some like critical collaborative problem solving together. And that, and that would have made, required a, a shift in mindset for this officer. Yeah. So I think that's an, an awesome military negotiation experience that you had there. What about business? You know, what about how is this applicable today? Have you seen something that you've consulted with anything like that? Yeah. So, you know, recently working, uh, working with a client who was sharing with me, you know, a renegotiation with a long-term supplier and, you know, out of respect to the client, you know, keep, keep kind of names uh, hidden, but, but, you know, just saying, you know, this is a, this is a, a partner relationship of over 20 years. The supplier has been very effective. And in this case though, is a sole source provider knows that they kind of hold some, some leverage because, my client doesn't have uh, someone they can go they can go walk away to. And, and so there is a tendency, despite the relationship, to come in either really desperate and make like kind of make a, a plea or begging, or to come in kind of really, really harsh in the approach. And so the discussion with the client was, you know, why don't we still shift this to what are each of your interests about, you know, quality and quantity, always looking at, you know, what can we do around volume? How can we continue to, you know, work together to improve our process? Where is there value to be found and trade-offs to be made that they increases, increases returns for both of us and allows both of us to do better around margins and not simply to get into a haggle around the price? And so that conversation, I would say that we had in the practice that we did, just started to open up for my client, just, you know, what, what they could do differently at the table to lead this long-term supplier towards a different solution and towards some things they just hadn't considered as possibilities before. Yeah. It sounds like kind of an opportunity there for, for him to, or her to be able to really elevate their influence through purposeful negotiation. So I'd like to kind of take this time, quick second here, to kind of tell our listeners a little bit about what we do at NegotiateX, if, if that's all right with you, Aaron. Yeah, please do. Yeah, so if, if you have a real-world negotiation coming up and you need any experts on your team, you know, we offer negotiating, uh, sorry, consult, negotiation consulting services. Just reach out to us. Uh, if you go to the website, negotiatex.com, uh, you'll be able to find kind of that service. And then... Even if you are one-on-one -on -one and maybe you just want some preparation help or, or kind of do a negotiation rehearsal with us, you can find all of that on negotiatex.com. 
All right, enough about that. So let's kind of, again, this podcast is about value and, and delivering value to your organization, your business, and your life. So Aaron, with that, what kind of what are some of the key takeaways that our listeners can can work on to become more effective negotiators? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it to just one today, Nolan. But but I think it's one that has a few components uh, to it, and that's really the idea that let's become masters of tracking the assumptions that we find ourselves and others making, and either, and even being able to bucket them in either debilitating or empowering assumptions. And to think about it in that way, debilitating assumptions, not always false. Sometimes they exist, but they really limit us and we don't need to be limited uh, unnecessarily. And then empowering assumptions, not always true, but actually often true a lot more often than we think they are. So let's test for them, see if we can even shift our own thinking towards making some empowering assumptions, you know, and see the impact that these two buckets have on the negotiation outcomes and, and what we're achieving. And then consider how shifting our mindset might open the aperture on the range of actions we might take, maybe presenting some new possibilities to what we thought was you know, previously impassable or impossible problems. And I, and I just leave, the, leave everyone with this thought, which is negotiation. It's not about some magic trick to, to get what you want. What it is about, though, it's about intentionality and discipline to make shifts in our thinking to be more effective, to achieve better outcomes, you know, to elevate our, our influence. Thanks, Aaron. To our listeners, head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. Give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. It's going to be pretty important for us to be able to get this into other people who are trying to become better negotiators. And then secondly, if you want to go and download the Negotiate X prep tool, this is going to help you with any preparation. It was, you know, instrumental in my preparation success for negotiations. You can find that at negotiatex.com slash prep or negotiatex.com slash two for the show notes of anything we discussed today. In closing, that's it for us on today's podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. If you have any questions or want us to cover any specific topic, shoot us an email at team at negotiatex.com and we'll try and cover it in future episodes until then we'll see you in the next episode thank you for listening to negotiate x radio helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations if you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life then you're in the right place be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online.